The e-commerce fuel podcast is sponsored by Shopify, the platform I personally use to host my own store. Why did I move to them from Magento, who I had been on for years? Well, Shopify has an enormous ecosystem of developers and apps. Their template framework and API are really well architected, and they're a hosted service, so I can focus on growing my business versus spending hours worrying about server issues. And best of all, they make me more money. Our business experienced an enormous 41% conversion increase after we migrated. Check them out at shopify.com. Welcome to the E-Commerce Fuel Podcast, your headquarters for building a six-figure-plus e-commerce business. I'm your host, e-commerce entrepreneur and Jeff Bezos wannabe, Andrew Derry. Hey guys, it's Andrew here and welcome to the E-Commerce Fuel Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about something that, yeah, doesn't get talked about a lot, but it's important. It's every e-commerce store is doing this at some level or another. And that's coupons. How do you use them? How do you use them to, to make sure that they're actually driving sales in a profitable way, that you're not completely destroying your margin? And to tackle the issue with me as a man who is a religious coupon cutter, he just hoards coupons from the grocery, I think, every Sunday morning. <laughs> just just the scissors go crazy. Mr. Drew Sanaki. Drew, how you doing, man? Good. I've been a coupon cutter for, for 10 years now. <laughs> Recovering coupon cutter? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love coupons. No, who Very passionate like about this subject. Well, perfect, man. This will be an exciting one. We're going to make coupons, an episode on coupons, as sexy and exciting as possible. So if you think this isn't going to be fun, you're in for a surprise. So, but first, I want to do a first sale shout out. And this one's going out to Julie Barnwell. And Julie writes in and said, I left my six-figure corporate job of 12 years in March to follow my dream of opening Cali Baby Boutique, an online baby clothing and accessory shop. And I'm happy to announce that after only a short month of using the tips and advice on the podcast, I have my first non-family or friend sale. I launched the site on Shopify and I focused my marketing efforts on Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook. And I'm also taking a page out of the whipping post strategy good friend from Ryan Barr over there, and making the package a big part of the buying experience. The packaging, rather, a big part of the buyer experience. Thanks for all the great tips. Julie, that's awesome. Congratulations. Loved your site. Uh, Really cool, interesting baby gifts. They weren't over the top. They weren't foo-foo. They were really cool, Uh, kind of like wooden teething rings and cool gifts for moms, which is not on most baby stores, but should be. So best of luck and and good luck with that. Drew, I love how a lot of times people will differentiate between their first sale and like their first non-family and family <laughs> sale. sale. <laughs> first no. sale to somebody who wasn't related to me. Exactly. First yeah. sale to someone who did not, comp- yeah. I did not compensate them to test the checkout. Yeah. Which, and Julie, I'm not harping on you. I did the same thing. <laughs> that is exactly where I was. Got a too. sale. Oh, it's mom. Yeah. As soon as I started, yeah. as soon as I started, I was, everyone, man, the, everyone needed a CB radio. So, all right, let's get into today's discussion on using coupons with e-commerce. All right, Drew. So we've got six or seven points here. And the first one I want to hit on is with coupons, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is don't give people a reason to abandon your checkout for a coupon. I think a lot of times with different people may have different levels of control over their checkout process. But if you're going down, you type in name, address, phone number, and then there in huge block print is a label for a field that says, <laughs> do you have a coupon? You might as well say, do you want to leave my site, abandon my checkout process, and potentially pay me less money? Because that's pretty much what you're doing. Yeah, we always 
we changed the name there. I mean, we still had the field, but we tried to hide it a little. We called it something like promo code or just like special code. But if you put coupon code there, people are like, oh, these guys must have coupons. Hold, you know, I'll be right back. And they go and Google your brand plus the word coupon and come back with a coupon. Yeah, it's crazy. Same thing we've always tried to... It's tough. It's a tough balance because you, you can't put it in three-point font unreadable at the bottom of the page. People have to click yep. on... You know, it's got to be where if somebody is actively looking for it, they can find it. But yeah, last thing in the world you want to do is, is pull people out of that purchase process and make them, right. make them pay less money. So number, number two, if you're using coupons, try to accomplish generating that, that deal effect that, oh man... The kind of feeling you get when you score a deal. Everyone loves having a deal. Try to accomplish that with coupons without destroying your margin. And so how do you do that? Well, for us, like at least for us on the radio side of things, we discount when we do do discounts. We don't do a lot, which we can talk about in a minute here, Drew. But when we do discount them, we try to discount our higher margin products. So let's say a radio only is, you know, maybe there's only a 20% markup or a 25% markup on a $100 radio. Well, yeah. 10 to 20% coupon on that is going to kill most, if not all of your profitability on that. Whereas if you've got, let's say you've got accessories that by and large accessories, the markup on them is much larger, 50 to hundred percent. If you give a 20% coupon off of a hundred percent markup accessory, it's still to somebody who's buying it. It sounds impressive, but you don't have to actually, you're able to give it on a product you can afford to give up the margin on. So I think thinking through that's important. Yeah. There's also leading with your merchandise too. I mean, you can if you don't want a coupon, you can just do something like Gilt or Woot does with the daily deal and just sort of have like, hey, this this product is just going to always be a bargain and we're just going to sell this product only until it goes out of stock and then tomorrow we'll sell another product. So you're not really couponing. You're just kind of, it's like always low prices. Yeah, or somehow having having some kind of incentive to get people to buy. If it's not a discount for a limited time, it's, a, it's an availability issue, right? Like it's mm-hmm. a scarcity. It's going to be gone. Number three, don't offer so many coupons and discounts that you discourage people from purchasing from you at full price. And I think this is something that a lot of companies maybe air air in terms of what they do and, and just blasting coupons all the time. If you're getting if you're getting mailed promos and discounts and there's a sale every, you know, every Thursday at two o'clock, you're never gonna buy at full price. <laughs> you're always gonna wait. And so thinking through that I think is important. There's a there's a site I shop at, it's called uh, Go Westy. They sell like VW van parts. And they do a really good job of, they don't discount very often. They have like two sales per year. And they're not always, to my knowledge, they don't always run them. I think they usually do, but there's been years they haven't. And, and so I don't, like, I don't hesitate to purchase from them if I need something. But a lot of times I've got some maybe non-time sensitive things and a sale rolls around, one of their occasional ones, definitely it'll push me to action to purchase then maybe in, in more quantities than normalized would. But they do a great job of not completely training me to wait for sales. Yeah, this is the biggest point we can make here. This is on point number three about like permanent discounting is just, it's like, it kills retailers, absolutely kills them and it kills their brand. Once you, your customers have been trained to look for a coupon, it's very, very, very difficult to bring them back to pay full price. It leads to like, bankruptcy at retailers. There are you know, situations where you go in and buy one of these companies and to turn them around, you've, you've had, you know, you got to tr- retrain the customer base not to look for couponing. And it's really, really hard to do that. It's all because there's this hidden cost involved in couponing. It's called the subsidy cost. And a subsidy cost is a cost that 
you have to pay to get a sale even though the customer would have bought anyway. And so you run into this situation where you're going to, you know, if you're always couponing, there are a certain percentage of your customers who would have bought your product at full price. But because you're giving them 10% off, you're paying, you're essentially paying this subsidy cost of 10%. So the key is to just reduce, you know, think of that as a cost, which most retailers don't do. They just sort of fixate on the fact that they got a transaction. I mean, you've got to manage that just like all your other costs. Yeah, and number number four, realize that customers that convert with a coupon are significantly less loyal than other other customers. So, not always. Sometimes you'll have people come through. They use you know they'll just pull out of the checkout. They get a coupon. They come back in. But customers that use coupons, you yeah, you may get that sale initially, but the lifetime value of them is probably going to be much lower than other customers because they're they're incentivized not by your brand, not not by your offering, not by the fact that. That they, you have a great reputation, but likely, at least in a much larger port or a large, larger percentage of the time, by the fact that you're hooking them up with a discount. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, this is CRM 101 that there are good customers and bad customers in any business. And the goods will order at full price, they'll order a lot, they'll order frequently, and they won't return. The bads will order once, or they'll only buy on discount, or they'll take up a lot of customer service time and then return something. And there's kind of this saying in database marketing that good customers are born, not bred. That if you think, okay, there are these two groups, the goods and the bads, the likelihood of me turning a bad into a good is very low. I don't have to give the goods a coupon, you know, to get them to buy. So focus on those goods. Like there are other ways to incentivize a purchase by adding on additional services, additional selection. I mean, these are people who want to pay for your product and in focusing on them, I think, you know, the flip side of that is the ones who require that coupon to purchase are just bad customers. You know, they're less loyal and uh, very low lifetime value. Number five, listing coupons on affiliate sites probably isn't going to offer a great ROI. And what do I mean by that? Well, there are affiliate sites out there that pretty much say, hey, you can post your coupon on our website We'll advertise it to other people. And then if somebody uses it, we'll also, you know, you pretty much have to pay them as well. So why is this a bad idea? We had a, a, a form in the, uh, or excuse me, a thread in the private form we'll link up to in the show notes here that talked about this. And it was, man, just completely across the board criticized by, by my members. Uh, I don't think anyone had anything good to say about these sites because you're, it's a double whammy. I mean, all the things we've talked about discounts initially that you're having to deal with lower margins, less loyal customers, et cetera, et cetera. But you're also paying an affiliate commission on top of that. So in terms of, unless you have some crazy business structure where, you know, getting the, getting the first sale is, is difficult without coupons and you have a really long back end where people purchase time and time and time and time again. Man, it's, it's rarely a, a good deal. Have you ever seen this work very well or heard of clients of yours? I know. I think this is one of the dumbest things you can do as a retailer. And I say this because I did it. There was, <laughs> you know, in the early days, some affiliate manager somewhere sold me on the idea that like, hey, like I'm going to get you on so many different coupon sites and affiliate sites and imagine how big you're going to be when every affiliate out there is driving tons of traffic to you. And I signed up in whatever it was, several thousand dollars a month for this person to, to kind of run my affiliate program. And as far as I could tell, all she did was like every week she was like, I need more coupons. I need more coupons. I need more coupons. And, and you know, I was under the impression that she was going to like court these affiliates and 
and do outreach to them and convince them that we had great product. But all she was doing was taking these coupons and like spraying them to the internet, you know, to every coupon site out there and every aggregator. And yeah, it brought us traffic, but you know, you run the ROI on that after a couple months and it's just, it's terrible. If you want to be on coupon sites, you can do it. You don't have to pay an affiliate manager to do it. And this is kind of getting into our second reason. And Andrew, do you mind if I go to the second reason? Or sorry, no. the next reason? No, go for it. The next reason being that, you know, all these coupon sites are doing is they take advantage of the fact that people are Googling your brand name, your company name, plus the word coupon. And so they've all, Coupon Cabin and Retail Me Not, they've all been built around this SEO play where they know people search for J. Crew coupons or Bonobos coupons or Warby Parker coupons, and they rank really well for that. But, you know, like once you figure that out, you can play that game too. And a better way to do it is to develop a page on your own site for your own coupons. And then, you know, they're only available through that page. We did it at our, once we figured out that this was going on, we did it at our retailer. Our coupon page was Design Public Coupons. And it was a very simple note on that page that said, hey, if you want coupons for Design Public or offers, Take a hike. No, no. You're not going to get them anywhere else but from our newsletter. And here's the sign up for oh, our newsletter. Nice. And that's where we release our coupons. And so, you know, we reined in every other coupon site. We just had, I set Google alerts and I was just pulling, you know, for months pulling them in. It got to the point where the only, you know, when you search for design public coupons, the only, you know, the top ranked search result was our own site. And it essentially was like lead gen for our, for our email list. And so that's, that's what I would recommend you do. Andrew, any comments? No, I, I was actually curious to hear what you did because, yeah, like you said, I mean, if you Google right channel, use the Google auto search and people search yep. for right channel coupons all the time. And, and we, I've thought about creating a landing page for it, but wasn't quite sure how to do it. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's brilliant. It's just happened to yeah. be, that's a great idea. We'll, we'll probably do that. So yeah. Number seven was, was make sure you set a deadline on your coupons. There's nothing worse than having a coupon that you send out for a specific specific use or an organization or something and you forget about it and maybe you're not tracking your orders close enough. And then then you log in and you look and it's it's gotten on some popular site or it's it's ranking well in the search results. So when people search for, you know, your company name and coupons, it pops up and you realize it's been used like, you know, dozens or hundreds of times or something. And all of that because it wasn't for the people you intended and you didn't set an expiration date for the coupon. Yep. And then finally, number eight is use them well with email. And Drew, this is something I'd love to get your your thoughts on. Your, I mean, this is kind of your wheelhouse. We talked about a lot of the dangers, you know. <laughs> if you look at all of these these points we've had so far, you might as well just say, hey, why do people use coupons at all? So what are your thoughts on using them well with email? Do you have any kind of not best practices, but sure. ways you can incorporate them into email campaigns where they're actually useful, they're doing you more benefit than harm? What are your thoughts on, on working those in well? Well, I think that the first thing is to just get a general sense of the customer life cycle. So the customer life cycle is kind of this natural cycle that a customer follows in their interaction with your brand. So they find out about you, they start buying, they buy a little bit more, and that's all sort of on the uptick. The customer is accelerating, and eventually their engagement decelerates. And maybe they buy less frequently until they never buy again. So it happens in every business, in content businesses, instead of you know, buying, use the, use the word, comes back to the site, right? 
or engagement, right? So there's just this acceleration and then there's a deceleration. So it's very easy to do. You can look at your list of transactions and you see that, hey, you know, most cust- you know, a lot of, we have a fair amount of customers who haven't purchased from us in 60 days or, or 90 days. And that is uncommon for our business. Like that's probably where you want to start couponing to bring those people back. Again, it gets to the concept of subsidy cost. You don't want to to coupon before when they might still be purchasing. Like say you you sell something like razors, your Harry's or clothing, where you know purchases will be fairly frequent for a while and then they'll taper off. Like you don't want to coupon when they're in that mode where it's sort of frequent. You want to coupon when they've stopped when they haven't come back to the site in a while. You want to give them a reason to come back. And so a good way to do that with email is using something called a promotion ladder. And uh, promotion ladder, you can set it up to be automated in most email systems, and it just increases the promotion over time. So maybe it's been 30 days since the customer's last order, and they get a 10% off to come back coupon. You know, at 60 days, it's 15%, and at 90 days, it's 20%. Maybe at 180 days, that customer ain't coming back, so give them like a 30% off coupon. Who cares, right? Like you got nothing to lose. But that kind of ladder where you're you're increasing the amount of promotional dollars you're giving away with the customer's likelihood of defecting is really, really effective. So that's how I'd approach it. And there's a couple other great ideas you had in your in your kind of five powerhouse email campaigns. I went through those videos. You did a nice job on them, by the way. Nice. Yeah. Went through and when I was doing the emails for Right Channel, the we haven't actually, this is really embarrassing, we haven't implemented these yet because we got the templates, there's an email glitch I won't get into, but they're all drafted up and they've got, uh, you know, you mentioned that the order confirmation and the shipping confirmation emails are two of the most widely opened in terms of open rates, some of the highest open rates you're ever going to see for email marketing. It's not email marketing, but they're transactional. And so why not put products at the bottom of those? Why not put offers at the bottoms of those? And we've got them set up with time expiring coupons for those customers where for the first order, you know, in the next 24, you know, the next 24 hours, this coupon will give you free shipping because we'll, you know, if you add any of these items to your order that you just purchased, we'll waive the shipping fee on it. And then on the follow-up one, we have like, I don't know, 15% off accessories or something like that. So have That's you a great s- idea. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen those work really well on the... Yeah, they work super well. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the first step is you got to get a sense of what is typical or standard behavior. Like if people are always buying, you know, the radios with... What else do you, what else goes with radios? <laughs> radios with the antennas, radio antennas. covers with the, with the radio antennas. Yep. Uh, then obviously you don't want to create a coupon for them to go together. You kind of want to create the incentive for someone to go outside of their normal purchase uh, yeah, yeah. behavior, right? So, you know, maybe if they buy the, you know, if, if they're buying the radio, incentivize them to buy from another completely different category, but. But you're right. Like you can look through your order history. You see most people, hey, most people when they check out buy only one product. There's really no risk of putting a coupon in there to sort of double down. Like, hey, if you order two, you get a coupon or order one of this and one of that, you'll get another 10 or 15% off. Really, you're not losing anything there. So I think bottom line, correct me if I'm wrong, Drew, these can be super useful. Coupons can be really powerful if used correctly. But in the wrong hands or in the wrong strategies, man, they can just cause you a lot of hurt and margin depletion. So, yep. so proceed, proceed with caution. So, Drew, as always, it's been fun. We're gonna have to get together, have some brunch, and uh, cut some coupons. I, uh, I haven't done it in a while. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> All right, Andrew, take care. 
That's going to do it for this week. But if you're interested in launching your own e-commerce store, download my free 55-page ebook on niche selection and getting started. And if you're a bit more experienced, look into the e-commerce fuel private forum. It's a vetted community for store owners with at least 4,000 in monthly sales or industry professionals with at least a year or more experience in the e-commerce space. You can learn more about both the ebook and the form at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again next Friday.